We're on page 38. In our book. Our quote is, what you get by achieving your goal is not as important as what you become by achieving your goal. When, when, when you actually do something you set out to do, it does. It gives you a different outlook on, on life. You get a lot more confidence in yourself. Now we're talking about prospering in, in hard times. And in this chapter we're talking about, we started last week, it's, it's, it's actually on, on tithing and and, and giving, and uh, I know uh, at least six or seven of y'all, maybe maybe more, have have uh, watched that YouTube with uh, with Old Roberts, the the blessing. I just can't do a better job explaining it than than I wish Smiley was in here. He's he's my thing, but I mean he does a y'all agree he does a good job of 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 explaining uh, explaining it, and uh, and also if you haven't seen that, you know you can listen to it. You don't have to watch it. You can listen to it going down the road, but it's. He goes in real detail, and he'd actually talked to some rabbis and, and and those kind of people about Malachi three, and brings out some really some really good points about it. Okay, we left off last week. We had talked about um, Abraham and and the blessing and, and the exchange, and uh, we left off talking about stop seeing your money as money, see it as seed. When you when you we on I'm sorry, we on page thirty eight. Start seeing it as seed, uh, you know, that you sow in something. When you sow corn, you actually anticipating and expecting to get something back. You, sometimes when we give him money, we see it more as, as, as a loss. So start, start seeing it as a seed. Now let's go to Malachi 3. This is in the book, but I like to look at it in the Bible. Malachi 3. And we'll start in, in, in verse 8, so he did in the book. Over there. Malachi 3, 8. It says, Will a man rob God, yet you rob me? But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse, for you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Now, we talked about this many, many times in here, but this is something that uh, Paul Roth brings out really good in that thing, is that we talk about, and one thing he said a lot is, you can't rob God. You know, you just, you can't rob God. So he's got to be talking about something else. He's talking about you robbing him of the opportunity to bless you. You're robbing him of the opportunity to, to him to get involved in your in your finances, so you robbing him of the of all this blessing that he talked about with, with with Abraham, right? Verse ten, it says, "But bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that they may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there is not room enough to receive it." Now we talked about this, but for the new people, I'll bring it out. That word windows there. If you go to Genesis seven eleven. It's the same word that, that Noah used when God opened the windows of heaven. It's talking about the floodgates of heaven. Not a, not a window, but the floodgates of, of, of heaven. So he says, you know, if I will not open for you the floodgates of heaven and pour you out a blessing or an empowerment to prosper, that you won't have enough room to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and he'll not destroy the fruit of your ground, neither your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Now, We'll read this 
this next passage in the book is about this scripture, so I just won't say anything till we till we get there. In the bottom paragraph on page thirty-eight, he says, "Tithing is the foundation upon which all prosperity is built. Tithing births a financial covenant with God, while tithing is the major component to the birthing and building of of prosperity." Financial independence will not be obtained through tithing alone. I want you to notice something he said. <coughs> Y'all excuse me. <clears throat> I've been eating a lot of dust this week. <clears throat> it says tithing births a financial covenant. And you have to believe that we talked about that last week. We won't go back into all, all we talked about last week. But, but you have, you know, what we talked about the covenant is what? When you're in a covenant with somebody, everything one side has the other side has access to it. So we, we tithing makes us in covenant with God. So everything God has, we have the ability to call on those resources. And then everything we have, God has the ability to call on those resources. And that's why more times than not, when you're in a tight spot, human nature in the world tells us to squeeze in and to conserve. You know. But... Bible says, no, if you got a need, you sow a seed. Because that's where you build harvest. See, you, you can't, when, when finance times are hard, you can't get constrained in your giving because that's the thing that, that'll set you free from that financial issue. Is God will see integrity in you. He will see that you're upholding your part of, of, of the covenant. See, so, so, but that, that's human nature. When we get in a strain, we, we, we start looking you know how how to conserve, and, and and that's fine when when it comes to certain things, but not when it comes not when it comes to God, because that's your your ticket out. Because see, when you sow that when you sow that seed, and you have to see it as a seed. See, you, you attach your faith to it. That 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 seed is 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 what you can look at and say, no, I'm I, my this need has to be met. I got seed in the ground. I, I, I have I released my faith on this seed, and, and that is your that is that that corresponding action with your faith is when you sow that seed, and that's when you can you go back to it and you hold on to it and say no no no, Mister Devil. We're going to see this in a, in a, in a few minutes about about restoration. Um, but you know that, that's what you have to do. You have to go back and make a demand. See, and, and maybe we should have a class later on on because everybody has. If you read Paul in, in Philippians, you know. He talks about your heavenly account. Every time you give, you have money deposited in your heavenly account. See? In Philippians 4. You, you, read, you read the whole chapter and he'll talk about it. Uh, so, so then, when you need something, you have to know how to withdraw from that account. See? And, and, and like I told the guys at, at, at the prison this week, you know, if I can't take the words of this book... And make them reality in my life. This book ain't no good. You know, and, and that's where, in the Christian walk, where the rubber meets the road. How do I get what this says to actually happen in my life? That, that that's what Christianity is about. Is is how do I make this come alive? How do I make this work? See, and 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 that chapter talks about that. And maybe we need to. We usually do it when we have financial class, uh, but we may have to come back and do it. But but. There's a, a way, there's a procedure in the Bible for you to withdraw from your heavenly account. 
See? Because it goes up, and what does the Bible say? It's stored where moth and the rust or none of that can corrupt it. So it don't, it don't depreciate, it don't devaluate. It's kind of like gold, I reckon, you know, in your heavenly account. You know, it's, it's there, and then you have access to it, but you have to use your, 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 multiplication isn't the right word. Um, you know, we, we call it multiplication, we call it times, you know, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. You know, but in reality, they say that in the New Testament, but when the actual blessing, it was a thousand-fold is what the blessing was. But now, when you think about fold, we think about times. But he's talking about double is two, double is four, double is 16, double is 32, double is 64, double is 128. You double that a hundred times or thirty times, it's, it's, it's a big figure, see? Don't, say that again? Anyway. <laughs> but that's, that's what it means by fold. It don't mean time, thirty times. If I give ten dollars, thirty times is three hundred. No, but if I do it on thirty-fold, it'll be like two hundred something thousand. See, so you have to understand that God's multiplication is way is way different than ours. But but you need to know how. But it's the same thing. It's the same process to in this covenant to to withdraw healing, to withdraw protection, to withdraw for your kids' safety, what what whatever you need. It's the same it's the same process, and that's why we need to spend our time understanding the process. And realize that we have a covenant, and like I said last week, we're not making, we're not trying to boss God around. But making a demand on your covenant is not bossing God around. It's having access to something that He gave you. You know, it's the same thing when you make a demand on 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 the law. See, for instance, if 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 somebody stops you and gives you a speed ticket and you wasn't speeding, and you go to to court. You don't, you don't demand nothing of the judge. You make a demand on that law that says, hey, the speed limit was 55. I wasn't going more than 55. So you make a demand and you was on that law. And it's the same thing you say. You have to make a demand. You make a demand on your covenant with God. And we have to understand that. All right. Go ahead. Ain't that, but that's, that's, I guess that's the key to that though, right? Is, is, before you make that command on, on, on the governor, on, you, you better know it. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as making a command just because you hear it, mm-hmm. just because I hear it from you today, doesn't mean that I go make a command tomorrow because that's what I've been, been promised. I need to know. you got to have faith to believe it will happen. I mean, without faith, it, nothing's going to happen. Right. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. But let me say this way. Most of our praying, most of our praying is wrong. Uh, we pray. We mostly go to God with a a, a, a list of wants, but 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 reality is most of that He's put in the realm of our authority. So God's not going to do for you something He's already gave you authority to do. Right. And we spend all of our time, you know, we need to access our healing in that covenant. God's not going to come down and heal you. He's done provided the healing. He's done. He's done died on the cross. He's not dying on the cross again. That's provided for you. Now, what I need from God is to teach me how to access that health. That's what I need. God, I need some wisdom here. I need some understanding here. I need to know what is my part in making this a reality. You've already provided the healing for me. So, so you're not coming down to heal me. It's already here. All I got to do is figure out how to receive it. And that's, 
my part. See, that's my prayer is getting understanding how to operate in this. See, not going to God with a list of needs. Because he said, I'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. So if I say, God, I need you to supply my need, then I'm saying, God, you really you lied. You really didn't mean that in Philippians 4.19. I say, God, Philippians 4.19 says, you supplied all my needs according to riches and glory. So my need is supplied. But it don't look like it's supplied. It looks like I'm in trouble here. Show me where I missed it. Show me my part in accessing this so I can physically see this need that you've already met. See, because it's already done in the Spirit. We just got, remember the 4D thing? We got to pull it from the light line down to the physical line. That's that's what prayer, that's what communication with God is about, is is learning how to get that from above the 4D down into the the 3D. That, That make sense? So you see, when you start praying, now you start start checking yourself and and see how 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 you're praying and what you're saying. You know, is it repetitive? Because a lot of that stuff is is just stuff we say. There's no faith in it, and without no faith in it, then there's no result. In it. See, I've been doing this Bible study. It's grace over faith, or grace over faith, something uh-huh. like that. Anyway, it's talking about how people believe that God is sovereign. Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, and so nothing happens unless it's his will. Mm-hmm. And then people are begging, hey, I want this, I want this. But he's already given us the power. He's mm-hmm. already given it to us. It's up to us to receive it. That's right. And so instead of asking, hey, Lord, would you give me, hey, Lord, will you give me wisdom to know mm-hmm. how to, to receive mm-hmm. these things? Mm-hmm. Said, what did he say? What's the last thing he said before he ascended? All power <laughs> has been given to me in heaven and earth. <laughs> now, I'm giving it to you. Now, you go. And you do the same thing I've done. You come. What did Jesus do? Jesus is our e- example. All through Matthew, Mark, Luke. He took the blessing and he walked in the blessing. Everywhere he went, he operated in the blessing. What is the blessing? The blessing is designed to create the Garden of Eden around you. That's what it's designed for. It's designed to take. And that's why we, we, we whine a lot about our circumstances. But God needs to put you somewhere where this desert that you need need to make an, an oasis out of. That's why, because you're a soldier in the army of God. You see, we're not this, but we want to whine and moan and complain about our hardships at the job, or our hardships in life. When when you're there at that station to make to make a change. See, that's why. Go, go. This is not in the book, but but it's real important. Go go to Hebrews eleven. I want to show you this. There's a guy named Rick Renner. He is a Greek scholar. And, 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 and I read stuff of him. I, I try to listen to him. Because um, we have to remember that, that this Bible, was Old Testament in Hebrew, the New Testament was written in Greek, and it was translated to this in 1600. But a lot of things they said in 1600 is, is we say things different today. Um, in in the... Hebrews 11. And everybody knows the first verse about without saying anything. But you need to understand Hebrews 11 is not a I don't want to say it. It's, it's, it's not a definition of faith. It's the behavior of faith. 
Hebrews 11 is, is not a definition. It's how people who have faith behave. It's how they act. See? But we've used it over time as a definition. Faith is nothing more than a unbendable, unbreakable stand. That's what faith is. I believe God is going to do this for me. I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to break. I'm not going to step back. I'm going to... See, that, that, that's faith. Faith is an unbendable, unbreakable stand. See? Uh, Hebrews eleven two. If by it or by faith that unbendable, unbreakable stand, the elders obtained a good report. <clears throat> now, the actual Greek reads like this: People who received a word from God and stood by it refused to move because they didn't budge. They got a good report. Now, with that in mind, read verse 3, and then I'll show you what I want you to see here. Through faith, through that unbendable, unbreakable stand, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, that word world is not talking about the physical world. In the Greek, it's talking about a period of time, an age, a set of time when these guys lived in, in, in there, see? And the and the word frame there doesn't talk about creation, but a modification. So what it's saying is what is this? That these people, through that unbendable, unbreakable stand, changed the time period that they lived in. See, Noah changed the time period that he lived in. Abraham changed the time period that he lived in. See? If you go on through Enoch and so forth and so on, through faith, they changed the time period that they lived in. They made their surroundings line up with the Word of God, see? And so that's the same for you and I. Our job is to take that unbendable, unbreakable stand and make things line up with the Word of God. Because the Word of God is His total, complete thing that He wants in your life. This is how He wants your life to be, like all these scriptures, see? And so, what, 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 what will the Hall of Fame say about you and I when we die? Did we take that unbendable, unbreakable stand and did we change the time that we lived in? Did we leave that mark? Did we leave people better than we found them? Did we leave a mark on, on, on this world that, that, that somebody can remember and see? See? Because we look back at these people and we use their examples, see, to help us have faith that we can believe for it today. See? So your kids, your grandkids, your friends, your people who know you, when you're gone, they should be able to look back at you and see what God did for you and use that as encouragement to build their faith that, that they can they can get through life themselves. See? But we're not supposed to get through life. We're supposed to reign and dominate life. But more times than not, life is dominating <clears throat> us. And we need to be back up and say, wait, that's under the curse. I'm supposed to be in control here. I'm supposed to be the head and not the tail. I'm supposed to be above only, not beneath. All right, now, why? That's always the question. Why am I not? See, what's it going to take? Am I willing to do what it takes? Am I willing to do the work? Am I willing to spend the time with the Lord to, to, to get the wisdom? See, if I want that domination in this circumstance, then why is it not happening? What is my part? Because it's never on God's end. Never question God's end, see. It's always our end. We missed it. We stepped out of faith. We've, we've, we've done something, whatever the case may be, see. But it's our job to ask those. Did, they, did that clear up some of your prayer life? 
on, on, on what we should be. And it takes practice. It takes practice. It takes practice. Because the hardest thing to do is step back and say, wait a minute, this ain't right. So you can't change it until you realize there's something wrong with it. As long as you think your life is alright, then you'll never find nothing wrong with it. You'll never make that change. You have to decide there's something here I don't like. There's something here that, that that's not right, see. So you got to step back and say, hey, wait, wait, wait. Why? Alright? I didn't mean to. I've been preaching all week, so I reckon I can't change, change the teaching this morning. <clears throat> All right, that was some that was some Fred Price there. <laughs> Verse thirty nine, oh chapter thirty nine, P- page thirty. Thank y'all. <laughs> All right, four immediate rewards for tithing. Now you in you was in Malachi. Go back to Malachi and turn back just three or four pages. There's a little bitty book called Haggai. Haggai chapter 1. Now let's read, we're going to read verses 5 and 6 here. Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, or think about before you go, think about what you're doing, think about where you're headed. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe, you clothe you, but you're not warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it in a bag with holes in it. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. So he's talking to them here about tithing. And and when we say things like, I got more month than I got money, you know, those kind of sayings. Same thing, it's like putting money in a bag with holes in it, it just, it just goes. Alright? So then what is your first question? I'm supposed to, my needs are supposed to be met, right? But not only are my needs supposed to be met, I'm supposed to have excess left over. So if Miss Karen needs some help, then I'm able to help Miss Karen. See, it, the worst thing you can ever say, and you hear this a lot from people trying to be, 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 be humble, and they say things well, like, all I need is just enough for me and mine. But that's really the most selfish thing you could ever say. You say, I ain't concerned about nobody else, I'm just concerned about getting mine. Once I get mine, I don't, I don't need any more else because, you know, but that's not, the first thing a Christian does is always about other people. It's never about me. And if I get concerned about other people, then God says whatever I'm willing to do for somebody, then He'll do for me. It's automatic. See, if I do something for Jessica, then I'm automatically, God's going to do it for me. See, why? Because everything we do is a seed. See, everything I do is a seed. See? Alright. So I said this to say this, to say this. When you're at the drive-thru or you're at the store and you get too much change back, that's not a blessing. That's not a blessing. When you get your ticket after you eat and there's something left off of your ticket, that's not a blessing. That's an integrity check. See? It's never a blessing if somebody loses. You have to always remember that. It's never a blessing if somebody loses. God don't let nobody lose. See? 
And if you do that, then somebody has lost. That cashier, at the end of the day, when she checks up and she's short, somebody has lost. See? Or the same thing if, 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 if you know. But you see it all the time. Oh, the Lord, you know. And I'm like, oh, God. Then they say interesting to the folks, you know. But they just think that's the biggest thing in the world. Man, they, they gave me $5 back. Too much. I, I, Lord, I need, Lord, Lord, I need the $5. And they gave me back $5. Too much change. Now, let me tell you this. Because it's about integrity. You're going to have those little integrity checks, see. And, and, and until you pass the integrity check, then God can't trust you. See? He can't trust you if you don't have integrity, see. you got to be who you are all the time, see. Isn't that? All right. Now, I, Go ahead. You hit me here right now because I'm going to use yesterday for a prime example. We went to eat yesterday at a place. I was joking. I, was, I promise I was joking. And I, when we got up to the register or whatever, I said, he said, how many? And I said, two senior citizens and two 12-year-olds. Joking. Yeah. She looked at me and she looked at Dalton. She, of course, she knew Dalton wasn't a 12-year-old. She said, okay. <laughs> Rung it up. We got, when we got, when we sat down, we looked, or Sherry looked at the receipt. And, that's what she rung us up as, is two senior citizens and a two-twelve-year-old. I was joking, and, yeah. but I, and I, then I let her know. I said, you know, I'm just playing. She's like, I don't care. Yeah. So, was I wrong? Is that it? I, I would have fixed it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I mean, I tried to fix it when I say I was just joking. But when I got the receipt. But now, now I have done this, too. Now, like, they leave a drink or two off. I always take my time and go through the receipt. Not, not because I'm trying to see if they... Cheated me to see if they put everything. Especially if a place is busy, a lot of time they 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 leave drinks off more than anything, you know. But I'll always ask the waiter, say, "Look, hey, you didn't, you know." Then then say, "Me come back and say, we well, don't worry about it." Then 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 that's that's what I do, uh, you know. But, but I always I always give them opportunity to to do one of, of you know to fix it, and then sometimes they'll fix it. And, Huh? I gave her the opportunity. I mean, I told her I was playing. I'll tell you what I did one time. I was in Dothan. I was in Dothan, Alabama. I got gas. And I don't know what. I, I went in, after I got my gas, I went in the store. I, I don't, I don't know what all went on. I got all the way home and I realized I didn't pay for that gas. And I drove all the way back down to Dothan. They let you pump that Huh? They let you pump. Oh, this wasn't like yesterday, oh, okay. you know. <laughs> and, but when I got in there, they had done change shifts. Nobody, nobody was there that was there when, when, when I pumped. And they said, sir, we don't have anybody, you know, you, we don't have no idea, just go on. I said, no, no, no. I put that money on the counter and I left. I said, there ain't no way. There ain't no way. I said, somebody checked up short here, you know, the shift before y'all checked up short, you know. Now, I don't know what they did with that, but I, I, I gave them the money. So you saying I need to drive back to <laughs> I'm not telling you anything. <laughs> that may be too late to fix that. <laughs> it was a lesson learned. <laughs> no, but to me, to me, that was a conscious check. It wasn't that, it wasn't that, that $20 of gas. It was that, 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 that hole inside of me. When, when, when I realized that, you know, that, that I had just put somebody in a, in a bad spot because, you know, nowadays if, if they let you pump, they'll fire them nowadays, you know, you know. So I, I did, I didn't want that on, on my conscience. 
But don't you think, not just with money, I think we have conscious checks with everything, our mouths. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's not just a money thing. That's right. Like you said, there's a lot of times where me and you have to go back and tell people we're sorry because we can't shut up. That's a conscious check. So I've been fighting that all week. I mean, that's my thing right now. My my quick, not quick temper, but being quickly aggravated. Not having much patience. Mm-hmm. Even this morning, I was, I mean, I was, me and Laura was talking about, you know, yeah, I have to, I have to stop that. I have to, I have to, it's easier to, it should be easier for me to explain stuff to folks than it is just to be mad and, 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 and get aggravated with them. Because most of the time they're doing it the way they thought was the right way to do it. You know, and anyway, that's one of my things right now, you know, it's, it's my patience or my, you know, I hate to get in the line. And somebody get to the cash register. Have your money ready, please, folks. <laughs> Have your money ready. You don't been standing there ten minutes. What have you been doing? Have your credit card out. Or you can't. Then they get up there and they pull the bit. There they go through. And then they get the change. What do they do? They got stopped. They got put it back in the billfold. And I'm like, all right, all right, let's go. <laughs> Is that just me? Huh? <laughs> we were together in the lives and all this happened. We learned a lesson together. <laughs> Just, all right. All right, wisdom in every area of our life. When the Bible tells us God's people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, it doesn't leave us without a solution. How do we get wisdom? Proverbs 9.10 tells us where to start. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the whole of the holy is understanding. How we obtain or learn the fear of the Lord? The answer is tithing. You shall truly tithe all the increase that you may learn the fear of the Lord. Now, that word fear means reverence or honor or stand in awe of what he's done. You know, that that's what he's talking about. How, how do we that reverence that you know, man, and you say, man, God just been been good to me. You know, when you start looking at at, at, at your life, and you you know that that's that's reverence, that's honor, that's what He's talking about. You know, man, God just you know from where I was to where I am, and the things He's done for me. How can I how can I complain about what's going on right now? You know, you got to you got to think about it. You know, if you bust your finger open, you know you got nine good ones. What about thanking Him for the nine good ones instead of concentrating on the one bad one? Hmm? Yeah, it, it, it is. It is. But it could have been the whole hand and not just the finger. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm throwing those things out. But that's how we do. We, we, we go to God and 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 we got good health, but we got money problems, and all we do is complain to God about the money problems. Never say thank you, Lord, that I could have worse money problems because I could be in the hospital, huh? Or vice versa, you know. I got money, I got health problems. See, we don't we don't ever take time to say, "Hey, just 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 thank you for what you've done," you know, because I know what you've done. That means you're gonna take care of this too. I just I'm just so in the middle of it that I can't think straight right now, and that causes us to, to, to that need puts pressure on us and causes us to focus on the wrong thing. See, we just have to back up and say, "Just you know, just you know." Let's sing that song about the goodness of the Lord. It, it just it does it just. Touches me on the inside, bro. I mean, but from where I was, the things I used to do. All right. Page 40. We've been talking about me and you right here, Phil, this next page right here. I was thinking about you when I was 
writing this this down. Now we're gonna talk about the open heaven. Go to Joel chapter two. Or the table of contents. Joel chapter two or the table of contents. It's about a few little right past eight yeah, it's a little old bitty book. Page ten eighty eight in my Bible. Joel chapter two. I'll read this one, y'all find Joel chapter two. Imagine you received a letter stating the poorest man in town desired to give you a gift. On the same day, you also received a call from Donald Trump's personal assistant saying he had heard about you and was rushing you a token of his appreciation, which would produce more excitement. Why would your expectation level be different? Because you know the vast sources of a multi-billionaire are much greater than those of the poorest man in the city. God has declared to us if we will return back to him the tithe, he will personally open his windows and he will personally pour out such a blessing that there won't be room enough to receive it. Joel chapter 2, verse 24. All right, go ahead. We there? Go ahead. I can listen. All right. Joel chapter 2. This is a few pages back from Malachi. It says, and the floor shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, that the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. Now verse 25 says, I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. Now, I was focusing on that about all the loss that I've had in my life. Because he's, he's, he's talking about things here. And this is what I, I got to think about, about me and Phil here. It says, I will restore to you the years. And then this just come up in my spirit. It, it was it was the Lord, but it just kind of come up. He said, what about restoring your help? All those things that you did that now you're paying the price for in your body. That, that That's just as much restoration <clears throat> to, to give you back. Because this is what, what the Lord was dealing with. I, I went from an alcoholic to a workaholic. All right? Because I'm just one of them has got to, I just, whatever I do, I just, I do too far. I, they call it lasciviousness in the Bible where you can't find the breaks. You just ain't got no breaks. Well, no matter what it is, whatever, if you're going to eat cake, then you just want to eat cake all day, every day, you got to have cake. You know, just whatever I do, that's just, I just, I just got to do it. You know, so it, it, it took years off of, off of, off of my life because, and then I got where I wouldn't rest, I wouldn't eat nothing all day, I'd just work all day and just have supper <coughs> at night. And and then you get so long in life, all of a sudden you start hitting this roadblock. Things just start not working like they used to work, and having problems that you didn't used to have, and things. And and it is what what, what the Lord said to him. He said, "Look, I designed you to rest one day a week. You don't rest five days in a year. So then He gave me every requirement. That's why every time you, when I sell chickens, you'll see I won't be here a weekend. You know, I, I, I'm under this requirement because I want 
I want my health back and I want these years back. Because now that I understand what longevity is about, how much more can I help my kids and my grandkids if I live 10 more years than I'm going to live? How much more can I teach them? How much more can I instill this word in them? That's coming, at my age, that's becoming real, real valuable to me is, is, is those, those years, see. And, and, and then he's got me on a regimen <coughs> to get those years back. So, so restoration don't have to always be, it, it could be restore your family, it could be restore your, your money, it could restore your health. I mean, don't, don't just, Look at this as money. There's, there's restoration, but then I said, then you got whatever that area is. Then you got to start digging here and find out what he what he says about you, you know, about your life expectancy. And, and there's there's things in here that he says will definitely shorten your life, and there's things in here he says will lengthen your life. So then you have to start doing those things that's going to lengthen your life and get away from those things that he says is going to shorten your life. See, and that that, that makes sense. And that's so, so just look at your, it's, it's your life this week. I, we won't go any further because we're waiting on the second bell. You know, but, but, but just look at the things that, that, that have been stolen from you, you know, and, and, and start expecting that, that restoration and, and expect his guidance on, on how do I, how do I get that back? You know, there's nothing too hard for God. No matter if it's financial, if it's physical, if it's, if it's a family member, it doesn't matter. See, it only matters how bad we want it and how, Willing we are to to get after it. See, if we want something in life, we'll we'll get after it, right? Well, if you want something from God, get after it. Same same, same principle. Get after it. Learn, figure out how to build your faith in, in that area so that so that you expect it. See, not hoping. We got to quit hoping for stuff. See, we got to start expecting stuff, and that's what. <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> that's what that biblical. When you see hope in the Bible, that's a word. A 1600 word from King James, but it means expectancy. It don't mean like we, we say hope now like we're wishing for something. See, we got to be careful that you know, faith is a such things hopeful. Not, think, we, we say wishing, but that word in, 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 in its original form is expected. Faith is the substance of things expected. See, I expect it. I'm looking. So if somebody's coming to see you or coming to pick you up, take you somewhere. Every time you hear something, what do you do? You, you, you look, you expect it, see. That's that same expect he's talking about. Every time you turn a corner, whatever you believe in God for, you're expecting it. Today's the day. This is the minute. This is the hour. Right now, it's fixing to happen right now, see? <coughs> Excuse me. And get away from that wishing. Well, think God's going to do it. Well, I sure hope so. But you can go on and do whatever you're doing because it ain't going to happen. That's just wishing. That's not hoping, see? Isn't All right. Anybody else? Y'all have a good week. <coughs>